0: Uh, edition of the Trump Era's talks um, today. We'll be focusing on civil liberties. Uh, my name is Dylan Gormley. Uh, I'm the director of the Student Committee for Civil Liberties, uh, New Philadelphia University Club. Uh, with me is Evan Lane, director of Law Society and uh, director of the Law Inspector Center, and Chris Donnelly. Chris Donnelly, uh, esteemed guests. Yeah. Uh, um, so uh, today, I thought we'd talk about. Uh, Well, since there's so few of us, um, let's just keep it open. Um, First thing I wanted to talk about was Supreme Court uh, uh, nomination, or uh, what should I say? Um, Neil Gersuch was sworn in as the new uh, Supreme Court justice taking Scalia's seat. Um, I wanted to delve into the ramifications of uh, future Supreme Court Nominees, given that uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's kissing 80 and uh, Kennedy's, Kennedy's old, uh, yeah, and the perspectives of Trump having not just Gorsuch, which really isn't anything because he's taking the squeeze spot, but um, what would happen if he gets one, maybe even two more justices and changes the swing vote of Kennedy, which uh,
1: is the main thing. Um, well, the, it goes many ways, this is Evan Lane. The first is the effect on um, gay marriage, same-sex marriage. Can that be overturned is the first question. Uh, The next thing that's in play are these laws that come out that give um, First Amendment rights to people who want to discriminate against LGBT community, saying that their religion is against such practices and making them honor the rights of LGBT people, whether it's marriage licenses, like we saw, or whether it's baking cakes, or the jobs, whatever whatever it may be, um, that's also in play. Uh, So the third thing that's in play is anti-discrimination laws that some states, not including Pennsylvania, which doesn't have one. But some states uh, have laws where you can't discriminate in the workplace or in the home, rent, renting, so forth, against LGBTQ people. So there's a litany of things that are in play. Uh, so I just wanted to introduce that at the beginning, of course, to the conversation. Yeah, I you? think in regards to, um,
2: I think Roe v. Wade's also important here too, also because that's one of the things that um, with Obergefell versus Hodges, they said that. Trump said, "You know that's set in stone. It's not going to be changed." But then, because he says, like, you know, the Supreme Court decided on that, I'm not touching that. But then he goes back to Roe v. Wade, which he's saying he is going to try to change. But he's just saying, like, oh, we're not going to change, you know, gay marriage because you know it's set in stone. But you could say the same thing about Roe v. Wade. Yeah. But so he's
0: kind of. I mean, there's just that like uncertainty. I, mean, like I mean, the way he, the way he is in general, yeah. he's back and forth and everything. You can't take that. I mean he could say one thing and it doesn't it doesn't it means nothing you know what i mean so yeah. he could go after or influence the Supreme Court that comes about to go after Overfeld and that you know yeah. that's totally possible and just his rhetoric and it's like it's frightening and i can't imagine him not with the power that he has trying to that
2: yeah cuz i think the way he tried to um circumvent like how he's saying he wouldn't be able to do that is because he said he himself wouldn't be able to overturn it. Right. But <laughs> right, you're appointing the justices that are going to be able to, and right now there still the, was the five justices who voted yeah. for are still, mm-hmm. you know, sitting there, but yeah. you know, like I said, Gabe, Ginsburg is pretty much just like a corpse she's with makeup weight, on. Yeah. And no he, disrespect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no disrespect, but she's <laughs> waiting on. No, she's great. But um, yeah, you, you, I mean, you never know. So that's how he's going to do it. And just, he's using these like verbal loopholes to say, like, oh, I'm not going to be able to do it, but the Supreme Court just...
1: Might be able to yeah, yeah. Just going off of what you both said, the dangerous thing is I don't think Trump has any release at all <laughs> other than himself yeah. and his family. Uh, but the problem is he has to play the bass. Right. And that is becoming really solidified. Mm-hmm. No matter what he seems to do, there seems to be a 25-30% to group yeah. that support him no matter what. And yeah. he has to please them. So to keep his power, he's going to become more and more conservative, more and more uh, difficult. Because if you look at his record on what he said, he's for gay marriage, he's against gay marriage, he's for and against gay marriage. He's he's all over the place on it. Uh, But I I think this says more than anything, they asked him in a golf tournament. About uh, have you heard about the long putting? So uh, uh, um, disrespectful. Yeah. Um, they asked him about same-sex marriage, and he says it's like golf. The long putting. Yeah, what <laughs> do you, you got to hear? Us? <laughs> yeah. It's like in golf. A lot of people. I don't want this to sound trivial, or it will be. Uh, but a lot of people are switching to these really long putters. Very unattractive. It's weird. You see these great players with these really long putters because they can sink three footers any uh, more. And I hate it. I'm a traditionalist. I have so many fabulous friends, I love the word fabulous, who happen to be gay, but I'm a traditionalist. So what he's basically saying is against gay marriage because he compares it to people with preferences with kind of putter they use. And it really is... Trivializing. Trivializing (laughs) and disrespectful and and shows that he has no understanding of the human rights portion of this. It's not a matter of taste. And And that's what he seems, never mind the obscene references you could take from what he said, which you can't, in light of what we've heard him say in the past, you can't take that away from I just
0: you. don't know, and it kind of goes back to his entire his entire persona in the media, right? Like, I mean, he is constantly going out and saying the most outlandish things, and people love it. They love it. The they core. Love, the core. They love it. But even even the people that are against it, they people look at the media and they say, see stuff like that, and they kind of feed off of it it's it, for the lie, it's, it's interesting it's like, oh my God, you know, he's brazen enough to do it, and people keep falling into it and um, that even goes into the way that the news cycle he follows the news cycle right, and every time something new comes up, he's just totally changed the subject, and everything prior is almost forgotten and it's unbelievable. He, he just keeps pushing other issues, but here, and there's no time But here's the to on or anything. Because okay.
1: exactly. when you pick a Supreme Court justice, unlike his whims, which are daily, that justice is going to be there for yeah. 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, that's, that's, and that justice is going to have the points of view, which are going to be mm-hmm. expressed against uh, Oberfeld, yeah. against Roe versus Wade and for uh, decisions such as Hobby Lobby, which Mm -hmm. allow for discrimination on First Amendment grounds of gender and so forth. So, yeah, he's whimsical by the moment, but Supreme Court pick is not whimsical, and it's going to last for a long time. Uh, I really do Uh, believe uh, that... For for anyone that's listening to this, when a Supreme Court
0: justice is chosen or selected and uh, put into their position, they're there for life, the only way to get out is resignation or death. Just for uh, context, sorry. Right. Right. So you want to clarify that? So
1: even if they turn out to be horrendous, yeah, they're there. Yeah. Or yeah. sleep, you know. Or, or sleep. sleep. Why? Or <laughs> sleep <laughs> and just follow. Scalia. Scalia
2: was up. Clarence Thomas in Texas. Yeah. But so the thing about this that I found the most poignant to me was that the my mom, for example, she's a Trump supporter. And she's, really? yeah, hardcore Trump supporter. And she looks for these, especially in regards to LGBTQ protections, rights, all that stuff. She looks for things to grab onto, stuff that he says. And when you read, when you hear these statements that he makes, he really lacks a like precision and specificity as to what he's actually saying. And even with the same thing with the wiretapping. And there, Sean Spicer is even making statements saying you can't take literally what he posts on Twitter because either he's not being literal, he's making a joke but he's the president of the United States, but that's irrelevant. But um, my point with this, with the whole um, my preference of, you know, putters or whatever, is he saying that that's his personal belief and that's the reason he doesn't do it, or is he saying that's how he's going to, you know, is that going to, like, lead his decisions with even, like, executive orders, you know, how he appoints his Supreme Court justices. Is he saying that, like, obviously he's not gay, he's married to Melania, but... Is he saying that's his personal belief, or how is that going to affect his I, I think you're making
1: a mistake in trying to read something into him. No, but that's what I'm saying. I, I really think there's nothing there. That's how my mom grabs on okay, to stuff like that. She's just
2: like, oh, that's not what you're saying. There's nothing there.
1: Yeah, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a movie called Being There. You probably haven't seen it. But it's uh, Peter Sellers plays a guy who is mentally challenged, but he's well-dressed. So people think what he says has meaning. He's a gardener. And when they ask him advice, he'll, he always just talks about gardening. He doesn't even know what the question is, but he'll always say, you have to feed it. It has to grow. You have to fertilize it, and then it will flower. And people go, whoa, that's really That's, that's intense. And he didn't mean anything. Yeah, no, and I think what we tend to do, which is a mistake, is he's Chauncey Gardner, the lead character in being there, except he's malignant. Mm-hmm. Chauncey Gardner was, was, was benign. We try to find meaning in what he says. There is no meaning in what he says. He says things that have no meaning. The problem is, is that to satisfy his base, to stay in power, he will do things not even understanding why he's doing them, but right. just that it makes them happy. If he had some backbone and some belief system, i feel better about it. At least we can feel that maybe some ethics and morality behind right. what he's saying. There's nothing. He's empty. It's all about just he wants to be in power, and that's, that's all yeah. that matters. Uh, and if you take it,
0: from the other, if you take it from the perspective of the core, right, I mean we're clearly uh on the opposing side of Donald Trump, mm-hmm. but if you take it from their perspective, I mean, just trying to play devil's advocate here uh it's kind of like it's a reassuring, you know what I mean it's something for them to hold on to, and i it it as it's coming out of my mouth, it like hurts to say, but they need some they need someone. They need someone to look up to and unfortunately it's Donald Trump, but like where does that where does that come from? Where does that desire do you guys think emanates from? Like like of all people for them to cling onto to Donald Trump? I I don't get it. Would you guys have any insight on that? Well I think it's a reaction to an eight year
2: Obama presidency. Right. I mean it, it it's been a rough eight years for them so and they're looking for I mean, I granted in the beginning of the um, presidential election, I never thought it was going to be Donald Trump. They just yeah. needed someone, and he—I mean, he is a—he's a—he's a, he's a very strong figure, so, yeah. and he's you know, he's in the media, and he, he's something who's easy to like emotionally be on your mind, and he's their person now. So I mean. They yeah. were losing
1: for too long. Mm-hmm. They lost, gay people who were getting married. Right. They, they hated that. Yeah. A black man in the White House, oh my God. Even a Jew running for president, yeah. oh my yeah. God. Yeah. Women getting jobs, oh my God. Uh, people of color, whether you are know, Latino or whatever, them getting their fair share in the United States. All these things that were moving, they were not happy. They were tired of losing. Yeah. So here's a guy who says, no, nope, we're stopping that. We're stopping all that. They, he, If we were a conservative country, I really do believe this, and liberals needed somebody, he'd be liberal. I think he is just whatever gets him into power. He's spoken to that in the past. He has. Yeah, he has. Yeah, he has. So he was in New York. And to get yeah. along in New York, he had to be more liberal. So he was liberal then. So, yeah, that's the scary part about that is he's going to play to the base. Mm-hmm. And playing to the base, because he has no belief system of his own, is going to get us, going back to yeah. the original thing, Supreme Court justices right. who are horrendous. Mm-hmm. That, that's going to be the problem. And will go away. Roe versus Wade will go away. Do you um, think that he would...
0: So if you're, like, map the transition of it, right? You end start with, with like, love and Virginia, and then you end up with... Right? Blood. Do you think that... Uh, Do you think that the more strategic way would be to work in that order, go loving, and then to uh, what was it?
1: Uh, I don't think I think mixed race marriages. There's no one's touching that. So loving will will stay. Mm -hmm. But I think what they're going to say is on Fourteenth Amendment grounds that it isn't an equal protection issue, and it becomes a state by state issue. And you're going to go back to where we were before Obergefell. Well, you're going to have some states that recognize some I'm states. It's going, to, it's going to go back to that. I remember
0: uh, right, right when he got elected, I saw some uh, stuff running on Daily Beast and New York Times about uh, states down in the South that were already pushing. The second he got into office, yeah. they were pushing to appeal Oberfeld. Like, they were, going, they were going for it. They are trying to separate it again, um, which also speaks to the nature of, like, the religious aspect of this. I mean, you look at the vice president, he's a advocate for um, creationism. Like, it's yeah, it's frightening. And, and even going back to what true. you're saying about Trump going on, pretty mm-hmm. much following whatever he can to get power, mm-hmm. if he goes after the people that were in support of Pence, or even him, and he starts to bring them up, people that are, you know, really hardcore conservative
1: religious I mean that's a frightening He can't go against them because there's no way the liberals are going to support him mm-hmm. no matter what he does Right. He's vilified Right. There's nothing he can do right. So the only people he can play to are those people right. So you're going to see uh, laws along the ways of saying that because people's first amendment rights to believe whatever they want that they can discriminate against mm-hmm. LGBT people you're gonna see that. It's it's uh, he was gonna sign it and then he got blowback, back and he held it back. But that was mm-hmm. you know, that was just a month ago. Yeah. He's gonna sign it again. It's gonna happen. Uh, we should talk, you want to talk about Roe versus Wade. I think there's something you have to understand. Because in Oberfeld which is the uh, same sex marriage case, Oberfeld is turned down, at least it's state by state. And we live in states. At least the ones we're in, yeah. that it won't be affected, although it's going to make it difficult to travel. I mean, if you got married and you're gay, and you went to a state that doesn't recognize that someone's in the hospital, there's going to be all kinds of problems with travel and so forth. Not say it's going to be easy state by state, uh, money issues and so forth. But this is the problem most people understand Roe versus Wade. They say, well, I live in New Jersey. No way they're going to get rid of it in New Jersey, or PA, or New York. The, bigger problem is if they reverse row saying that fetuses have rights if they say it, because they decide they decided not to do that in Roe, they said they did not say fetuses have rights in row versus the but if they say fetuses have rights then you're going to have a 14th amendment issue in every one of the states that allow it because it's the rights of the fetus versus right. the rights of the mom so the rights of the fetus will be equal to the rights of the mom and as a result you can't have abortion. So yeah. even in states, liberal states, like New York, New Jersey, whatever it may be, it may be overruled across America. That won't happen at Oberfeld because it's different legal mm-hmm. issues. But it could very well happen if Roe versus Wade is overruled and those two people come in who are really mm-hmm. right wing crazy, which I'm just saying it's going to happen, Yeah. then you're going to see women's issues uh, explode in the United mm-hmm. States. Um, you let's move on to immigrate you guys want to talk about immigration sure. All right, cool.
0: um so as everyone knows uh there's there's been a muslim ban uh i think that's with you i don't think there's any debate on that anymore He attempts an attempt to talk to muslim. you know and uh i think that speaks to the core nature of his presidency right he's going after religious based groups uh you know, playing off as you're saying before is poor. You know, and that uh, that's frightening. Um, and then just on a personal level, friends that I know that go here that are afraid to leave the country and not come back—it's—it's it's unbelievable to I me mean, that someone in our executive branch would stop the inflow of people in the United States of America. I mean, it's—we're made up—we're made up of immigrants kind of get it. Um, also, uh, Lane, you might be able to comment on this more again. I can, um, probably. Uh, would there ever be an instance where the Supreme Court would jump in? Uh, I know that that power to stop it, to halt immigration is an executive one. Would there be any overflow in a case for the Supreme Court to... Uh, Fire. They would has it, there been an instance? Well, in the they process. would
1: get involved like they always do. Somebody mm-hmm. would challenge the law, right. like they've done in, in Hawaii just recently with the ban. They challenged the law in the lowest federal court, which is the federal district court. Federal district court rules, that happened in the first muscle ban. It only got, it got to the federal district court, lowest court in federal, who said it's a violation of the first amendment because it was based on religion. Um, it went to an appellate court. The appellate court upheld the federal district court, so now you're the middle level. But the Trump people did not appeal right. to the Supreme Court, so it went nowhere. So the right. so the appellate court decision saying the first Muslim ban was unconstitutional health So they wrote a new one and very wisely said it's the same thing as the first one, which is really an amazing thing to me, which not only shows their thinking but their unbelievable incompetence from a legal <laughs> point of view to tell a court. The same thing we did before—that was no good. Here's another version of it. What you should do, if you have any intelligence or savvy, you say this is completely reworked. We, we we took the court's suggestions and we we made it better. But they didn't. You know, amazing to me. They just took a rack out of it. That's all all they did. So the court in Hawaii, yeah, the federal district court in Hawaii said it was unconstitutional. I don't know. I don't think they appealed it again to the appellate division. Time is gone. It's only a thirty-day appeal, and I haven't heard about. So it's stalled. But other than just keep on writing a new one, he seems to have lost interest, yeah. which is not unusual for a child. Yeah. Because now he's not interested. Now he wants the then his attention went to uh, the Affordable Health Care Act, and he put all of a week's attention into that. And now he's bored I, I with just, that. I
0: can't even believe they couldn't even. Well, couldn't, couldn't even there's anything. a lot of reasons.
1: But now he's bored with that. So now he's trying uh, superstructure. But he's gonna be bored with that. So I don't know if he's ever he's gonna go back to it. So we don't know that. But if there are appeals that go, it will make its way to the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. Eventually, if he has the attention span to do it. Right. If it goes that high, then the Supreme Court will rule. But they can't get involved mm-hmm. first. It has to make right. its way through the system, like it's doing right now. Right. But it hasn't gone any further because he has an appeal. It's unbelievable. So yeah, so there'll be a buzzer band three, I guess. A Yeah, so we'll, who knows? Or maybe none. Yeah. Yeah. Give up, like you did with the Affordable Health Care Act. I like give up, I worked on it two weeks next.
0: I mean, do you it it's almost like what is the what's the branch doing right now? I mean, what's the executive branch really doing right now? And I can can you even say that they're doing anything to that he's really made any progress whatsoever, or is even on the track to, except well, for that? executive orders.
2: Yeah, I mean Barnes. of late, was yeah. the first because everyone had their eyes on that. And the first, like, I would say, even the first month, but he's signed a lot in the last two weeks mm-hmm. that have gone completely like undetected. Yeah, and because yeah. The, know, I'll, I'll give you one. I don't even
1: know if you know about the Fair Pay and you know, Safe Workplaces Act. Is that for? Um, Federal federal Contracts? Yeah, I mean, you heard yeah, about uh, that. I, that got passed. Um, What's that? What's the? Uh, you want to tell? What is this the one with? Um, is It's in regards to uh, when the government hires federal contracts. Yeah, they don't.
2: Uh, well, because I heard about it in regards to. I mean, because I follow a lot of like you know, LGBT-related pages. Um, people who are who con like are contract with the federal government, right, or something like that. They can. They don't need. They aren't like checked. About their um, their like rules and regulations with like hiring practices stuff like that. But under Obama, yeah. issued a
1: federal uh, executive order that said if you federal government pays you money for a contract, whether it's missiles or building bridges or whatever it is, you have you can't discriminate based upon yeah. sexual orientation. Uh, that was out there uh, as I think it was March, the end of March, just recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, Executive, uh revoked executive order 13673, which is the one I just said, and that allows now companies receiving large federal contracts uh, to do as they may. So that anti-discrimination thing just slipped right under, no one really talked about that, but now they can discriminate. So if you're gay, bi, trans, whatever, and you're working for a company, say Grumman, who has a big contract, and they don't like gay people, they can fire you for being gay. And that just happened. Nobody's talked about it, yeah. but that appeases his um, his base, and that's uh, what you have. So yeah, yeah, he's been doing things. Uh, never mind gutting the EPA. Never mind getting rid of uh, fun- Speak, funding for science. The EPA, uh, um, Evan, I okay. know you weren't there last night. Chris, did you
0: attend the uh, NWA? Yeah, it was. It was fine but fantastic. Yeah, so it was cool. unbelievable. So just a- Jackie oh, Patterson? Yeah, Jackie Patterson. I'll, let let me, let's go into that for a yeah. second because it's a very interesting topic. All right, so um, Jackie was talking about how basically corporations will, energy corporations particularly, will buy up land, right? And uh, once they go through that, we'll take a, a coal plant, right? Mm-hmm. So a coal plant goes through its life cycle, right? And then the land that was on becomes a brownfield. Uh, mm-hmm. That's basically a contaminated site that uh, is almost unlivable. It's pretty much unlivable, right? So what ends up happening with these brown sites? Uh, they get cleared off and they become communities for like Section Eight housing. Oh okay. God. Okay. So now you've got a massive number of Section Eight housing in this country that are built on these brown sites. They're like the land is chemically tainted it's almost inhospitable um and then around them you have other power plants okay so she was talking in the sense that as like a continuous cycle you have uh impoverished neighborhoods near polluted areas and it just keeps going in a cycle of you stay in this area you get sick and then you end up working in the factories and it's like a vicious yeah. Cycle of corporate control.
2: Yeah, one of the things for that that really hit me the hardest is that she was, you know, talking about. Um, she called those areas literal sacrifice So Yes. Yeah. That's that term. And that's what made Florida being But that? so by a sacri- like okay, so she talked about what was the her, was It was a Hurricane Isaac that she was talking about after Katrina. Yes. Yeah. So you'd think after what happened with the levees, you know, during Katrina, they would have, you know, gotten their act together. So what happened was, Hurricane Isaac happened, and I guess the levees in specific areas that we're gonna call sacrifice zones, the levees broke, and those, those areas were severely, like, they were destroyed, pretty much. And they, you know, after the fact, they were saying, oh, how did this happen again after Katrina? We should've you know, gotten our act together. And they were saying, because of economic limitations, where they chose to fortify the levees was in the high income areas. Yeah. So those low income areas that were low income because of other institutional barriers that they had. Those were the literal sacrifice zones and they paid that price with their lives. So they are literally being sacrificed. So those people who are in the higher income areas are
0: safe from flooding. Oh she yeah. made a she made another um, one that I thought was unbelievable. So there's a Navajo reservation, I think it's out oh, right. yeah. We'll say Arizona, right? Uh I, Chris, you might, it might have been a coal plant. I there's some kind of uh even mm-hmm. nuclear mm-hmm. that ended up uh also we'll say coal. There's a coal uh plant that's on this reservation, right? In the beginning, when the company went and uh proposed it to the tribe, they're like all for it because it's gonna mean jobs for the community. Which is part of the front's Which is part yeah, yeah. which is part of, exactly. Yeah. Um so anyway. They sell it as, there's going to be jobs for the tribe, whatever, and then the council approves it. They build it, and with the plant comes workers. So they build the plant, and they bring all the specialized workers in, so they give them none of the jobs. And then this plant, uh, she showed a picture of it, it was like heartbreaking, it was this family of all women, which I'll get to in a second, with the smokestacks in the background, thick billowing black smoke coming out of it. Right. So, they have this plant that's one day going to be reduced to a ground field, an unusable site, that's polluting the air and groundwater, and none of them are profiting off of it. More than that, all the men in the village had to go, and I think they went up to, like, Alaska to get work. They had to leave for months at a time. So, they have this um, area that's just completely going to be desolate and...
1: What, what is surprising about Oh,
0: that? and they don't get any electricity. That's nice. Even though they live five miles from, if that, from the plant that them. Again, okay, What is,
1: yeah, the shock, okay? But what is surprising about that? Let's get rid of the mythology mm-hmm. of the United States and, and look reality. Our nation was born on slavery. Mm-hmm. There's no question. How did we rocket up to the, the front economically at the beginning? Because we had cheap labor. So, we were exploiting mm-hmm. people to make profit. That's how we started. This, right. is how, this is how the US started this country. Go into the 1910s and, and the, um, the sweatshops and how the immigrants were exploited. Women and children working in terrible conditions. Uh, the shirtwaist factory fire finally locked, waking people up to all the people who died because they worked behind locked doors without any safety uh, factors at all. How many workers have gotten black lung working? in uh, coal mines uh, or being exposed. Um, I remember when I was an attorney, we, we had a case against Roman Haas uh, Chemical Corporation, and they were making these resins, basically like in cauldrons, you know, and, uh, well, and like vats of this cancer that was causing oat cell carcinoma and a tremendous amount of the employees, big settlements out of that. We've been doing this for so long putting people who are out of power, people who are weak, people who are impoverished, um, as fodder. It's been, we've been sacrificing zoning people yeah. from the beginning. Why, It's no difference now. The only change is we reach out now to Vietnam and other countries and put yeah, them we're also doing it
2: in America, that's our whole. Oh, we're not doing it to our city, even though we still are, but
1: yeah. Look at Detroit, you wrote the lead in the water. Yeah, yeah. Flint, Michigan, the water, yeah. I mean, that's, that's unbelievable. unbelievable. So so there's nothing new about this. Mm -hmm. Uh, We get past the mythology that we care, or get past the mythology that anything matters more than a CEO's Mm -hmm. salary. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's what matters in this country. Mm -hmm. Corporation being able to report four times a year that they made more profit than forecasted so that the Mm -hmm. stock goes up. That's what we care about. That's it, Uh, whether if it's fracking, our oil companies are doing well because they're getting oil out of fracking. the fact, that's leading to all kinds of problems in the in the well water. All kinds of problems, even earthquakes. Yeah. It doesn't matter because four times a year you can report the stock is up. Yeah. Um, Where our carbon imprint is enormous, global warming. Eighty-five percent of the globe is from our it's us.
0: It's our, it's the United States. We don't care yeah. because what
1: matters is four no. times a year you yeah. report that your stock is is doing well. Mm-hmm. And we're going along for the ride. Everyone seems to be happy about that. Doesn't yeah. seem to care, even though a very small few were profited from it. Yeah. People involved in Wall Street. And the only time Wall Street have affected most of these people is when it screwed them in 2007. Yeah. And all those people were in power, by the way, in the Trump administration, instead of being yeah. in jail.
0: Yeah. That's. I mean, that's even more. That's the more shocking part. It Just keep, just keep going. Yeah. Um. And Chris made a comment about it earlier. Uh, we were talking about coal miners, right? So. He's putting. He's trying to bring back these jobs. That clean are coal, quick, yeah,
2: is a myth. Yeah, is it's a not real. Explain. explain what that is. so. Clean coal. The way I can, she she explained it so wonderfully last night. She did. Um,
0: Do you remember exactly? What she so she was talking about the life cycle. The the life cycle of the coal production industry. Right. Mm-hmm. So you have miners underneath the mountain physically mining for the coal. It gets to the to the factory. Right. Mm-hmm. Coal is burned. Right. So then you. Mm-hmm. Um, waste coming from it mm-hmm. and then how much of that energy is stored is nominal at best and then uh, on the other end you have the pollution that's coming out of it so you're hitting it from three sides you're hitting it from two ends of the spectrum physically digging it up out of the ground the human cost of the coal mine mm-hmm. and the yeah. black one right. to the ground that's being destroyed and turned into a brownfield and then you have the air that's being polluted by the um, Burning of coal and production of energy to get energy that is like a nominal amount of storage, right? You're not even getting that much. And it's just it just goes to show that Trump is putting money back in. And we were talking about this briefly at the lunch yesterday. The coal industry isn't massive, there's not a huge amount of coal workers. There aren't. But the idea that he's putting money back into the coal uh, just to it, it it doesn't make any sense because you've got a limited lifespan on this. It's polluting the environment mm-hmm. and it's not going to turn around and really be beneficial because after a certain point, the areas that they're in are going to be completely
2: destroyed. Yeah. Well, to me, it's like when you hear stuff like that, it's always coupled with another phrase because you have to think about what he's trying to satisfy by doing that. Mm-hmm. Cause obviously, it's not the environment. So he always says we're going to put money back in coal and give jobs back to hardworking Americans. Mm-hmm. That's always what he couples it with, and not not that it's um, sustainable energy. Not any. Yeah. And on the topic of sustainable energy, he's against wind turbines because he says they're ugly looking and they're catastrophic for birds. That's his reasoning. And to go against something like that, which is so cheap and so sustainable, mm-hmm. but to go for something like coal because it satisfies one of his, you know, his core groups' wants, from which, President is, was which jobs. isn't even
0: that big. And that's
1: that yeah, exactly. Thing. It's not like he's. It's really uh, short-sighted. But for his, for his base, green power, salt, um, wind power, all that, is liberal nonsense. Mm-hmm. You know, it's good old American coal. you got to understand that, because even though it doesn't make sense, this is what they think. They're thinking of all these tree-hugging things, and they're looking at it as liberal li- Right, yeah. liberal snowflake, and that's all wrong, because yeah. that's what they believe. And they're holding on to old technology because this is what they remember in the so-called "when America was great," which I'm still trying to find that. Gained our success by the sweat of our brow and the coal in our lungs. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but so that there's other human that the. Let's go on to last human rights, Which uh, healthcare.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, even just going, even just going off the uh, the topic of uh, you know, like cutting EPA and everything we just talked about with and the burning fossil fuels uh, if you want to talk about health care talk about the health care of coal miners once they get black lung yeah and they can't yeah. get and this is something uh, that she touched on last night coal miners were getting black lung, diagnosed with it and then couldn't get health care for it they couldn't for get existence it was they, they couldn't even they couldn't, yeah was part, right. it was the whole sacrifice I mean,
2: they are part and again, that ties back into healthcare too, because there are people who are in these sacrifice zones, whether actual physical mm-hmm. locations or just groups of people. There's these sacrifice zones that, for economic reasons, which was the pa- I think they were paper masks, mm-hmm. they couldn't get them, and they were they were applying for them from the federal government, and the federal government wouldn't give them to them because they said they were too expensive. Yeah. As people are dying of black, men, but yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah. I mean, like it's that. you know,
0: it's a, it's a vicious cycle, and then. Even like, it, it, and it's hard to not bring up areas like this, because after last night, too, it, it became so apparent how related all of these, like, impoverished areas compared to pollution, I mean, it's they go hand in hand. And then you bring health care into it. You've got a massive amount of people that are living in terrible conditions, uh, and they're not getting the proper health care, and people are, you know, profiting off of it. Many of them sit on the cabinet of the executive branch. Mm-hmm. Um, or supported Donald Trump in his election. I mean, it's just, you know, it's frightening. Uh, but like a normal American, they can't even get health care. It's like, I mean, they're getting it and They are right now, but if he repeals health Obamacare, which we already talked about, mm-hmm. probably won't happen the replacement
1: for 24 that. Twenty four million people. Yep. Yeah. And that was the office of uh what the office of budget looked at no. it. It's not the Liberal Party, it's not Bernie Sanders. Yeah. It was the it was the congressional office who's charged for doing they this. They say that's false. Yeah that, of course. And and
2: even when that was proven to be false, Paul Ryan he made the statement saying that uh, so, you hear that statement saying, oh, 24 million people are losing coverage, but do those people even want health insurance in the first place? No, but
1: why would they want health insurance? You know, why would they want to stay alive? If they're being exactly. sacrificed anyway. Exactly. So it's just, it's, it's Maybe not. Maybe they like, didn't buy their phones. Yeah. Uh, it, w- there's a disdain in America for being poor, which is an amazing thing. Um, we have this mythology that anyone can make it in America. That's a mythology. Uh because Europe it was far more stratified and you are you were, you were what your father was and so forth yeah. but in America pay with gold you can do anything opportunity opportunity yeah so if you're poor this is the beautiful part you got to admire it because it works so well even though it's so dark if you fail it's your fault yeah. you didn't take the options. not the fact that you went to a terrible school, that you lived in a community where you're dodging bullets so you had to take care of your, because there's no daycare. All that stuff doesn't matter. You blew it. So we disdain because they're failures. We disdain the poor. So look at the Marco Rubio. I think it's a great example. Well, if they would give up their phones, and we know who they is, they could afford health care. Well, first of all, an iPhone you can get, what, it's 200 $300 on Android. Uh, Healthcare is about five to six thousand dollars a year. So if you're giving up your iPhone, you're not getting maybe you buy some aspirin, Mm. but that's but to put it on them. It's like, well, they're they're foolishly spending their money on, uh, on, on phones. It's their fault. It's always their fault. That's how they look at it in this country. And that's where we're able to put them and kill zones. It's their fault they are. Yeah. So if they die, they die. And what you just said, which reminded me, if they don't get health because they don't want it, because they're too stupid to buy. Whatever whatever it is, it's always their fault. And it, it, it works. Yeah, yeah. It's brilliant. It pits people against you know yeah. the whole capitalistic
2: structure. It puts is, the bottom yeah.
1: feeders against yeah. each other and they waste time fighting each other and those on top just laugh. Yeah. It's it's you gotta mind, it works. Um, there's a there's a cute little strategy that
0: she um, told us about last night for uh, to bring responsibility to senators and congressmen, right? So she she was like, instead of naming uh, hurricanes and superstorms after nice people like Sandy yeah. or Ivan or whatever. Hurricane Marco Rubio, <laughs> Hurricane <laughs> Paul Ryan, <laughs> like, really funny. And, and you know, I mean, and while it is funny, there's a serious aspect to it, right? Like, I mean, you, these people, they don't have any accountability for the things that they're... Hurricane Exxon, Hurricane Hurricane BP, is, exactly. And, I think, you know, yeah. it's, not only is it going on blatantly, but people don't, they're not, it, there's not even any, there's no, no one's showing no one's showing it, no one's, saying you are responsible for this. No one's bringing someone to...
1: No one was held responsible for the 2007 economic disaster, which, which no doubt had criminal fraud in it. Yeah. Nobody yeah. was held responsible for it. Just walk away. I don't think a single person was arrested except one guy One the guy, guy from, yeah. No one's held responsible for Flint. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's incredible. Uh, bi- bi- damages in the billions? Mm-hmm. Was, no one's held responsible, but if someone goes to a seven eleven and maybe, you know, uh takes some they're sh- still in bottled water. They're still yeah. drinking
0: if bottled they water. It, they have to like the entire infrastructure needs to be torn out and mm-hmm. no one's no one's gonna pay it. like who's gonna pay for it. Well, no since they, fought, they, yeah.
1: they blew it. They didn't take the opportunity we that we all had. So they yeah. deserve what they get. That's what they say. Um, any other issues? You want to wrap it up? No, I
0: think that um, that will suffice for this talk, I think. Um, thank you, listeners. Uh, I hope that you get something out of it. And thanks for listening. Chris, anything? No, yeah, thanks for listening. Cool. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you. We should have had a radio show.